We all want to be part of something. We want our work to matter. We want to be seen. This is the realization I had halfway through the year. The year being 2020. (laughs) And I'm recording this at the end of November, which is crazy. You could say that when I wrote this out, it felt like a big realization. But if you're into human design, I'm a generator type and it's my nature to be responsive. So I'd likely been getting these subtle signs around these words, around these phrases for a long time, either spoken to me by my clients or things that I was noticing, comments and Instagram posts, things like that. I'd likely been getting the signs for months before I actually took action. I'm slowly learning people. I'm slowly learning what this human design is all about and what that means for me when it comes to taking action on things. For about five months this year, from March, I led something called the Dreamer Circles. These were fortnightly or monthly free call for a group of women in my community. It was open to anyone, really, that you didn't have to be a business owner. You could be working in corporate, whatever it was. If you had goals and dreams that you wanted to keep alive throughout 2020, then those calls were designed to help support you. Across the around about six calls that I did over five months, the numbers did fluctuate. There was, however, a beautiful core group of women who came to every single call. They connected, they shared, they learned something new. And as I recall, one of them saying they really needed that accountability because she currently works for herself. She works on her own. And just having that one call every couple of weeks or once a month was enough to keep her going. My main intention for these dreamer calls was to create a point of connection, especially because at that time when I started them in March, everything was shifting dramatically before our eyes. We had shifting work situations, social interactions were being limited, and my favorite networking group that really got things to a new level in 2019 they had to pause their meetups temporarily so I too was craving something consistent to be accountable to. Throughout the year alongside these zoom meetups the dreamer circles I continued to hear from clients as well that I was working with alongside these, how they, through perhaps their transition that they were going through in their work or in their business, that they were craving deeper connections. They wanted to be surrounded by a group of creative women. They wanted to have a really established network that they could draw from. And so August rolls around and I decide to pause the dreamer circles and instead birth something called the Creator Club. Bit of a theme going on there. <laughs> if you've ever seen Creator Club written, you'll notice that it's create her, creator. I try to be funny, guys, but you know. So this is a three-month accountability group. 
community for female identifying creative entrepreneurs who were in the first one to three years of business. So some were very much in that early startup stage and then some had been in business for at least a couple of years, but were looking to introduce new products or services and saw this three months as a really opportune time to get ahead with that. Now, Uh, Some might call this scrappy, this process that I took. I decided to initiate the idea for the Creator Club in August and I was all in at that point. So for me, once I go all in on something, there's no overthinking the process, which is a big change for me, might I add. You have to know that I've not always been like that. Uh, But for some of you that know me well, you know I have views around perfectionism and I really decided that if I was going to grow my business, then that word couldn't exist in my vocabulary. I put a post out in mid-August on my Instagram. I wanted to gauge some interest. I wanted to know these words, being part of something, belonging, creative freedom, being seen, being heard, was these themes that the other women out there were resonating with with and I wanted to know if that gut feeling that I was having because I'd repeatedly heard these words seen these signs over the few months I wanted to know if I was spot on was I ready to go and once I put out that post two weeks later the enrollment period open the first week of September we launched the Creator Club. We had our first call on 8th of September. In that first call, we were speed dating to meet each other. We were pulling up our sleeves and we were getting down to business. This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week, we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Welcome to episode 70. I can't believe I'm saying that. I also can't believe that I'm recording this. As I said, at the end of November, we have a month of the year left of this crazy, crazy year. For today's episode, off the back of that introduction to the Creator Club and why the Creator Club came about, I thought I'd dig into the archives of the content that I've been sharing with these women over the last three months and share with you, my podcast community, some of the work that we've been doing inside the Creator Club around our goals. It's only fair that you get a taste for what it's like to be part of this magical group. Now, a big part of this three months spent together was about giving our goals action, First and foremost, 
we needed a structure though. We needed to get ourselves off the starting line and hopefully tick one or two of those goals off the list. And far out did these women go for it. They're still going for it and we only have a week or so left, but they've really blown me wide open with their courage and their determination. We've had some women based in Melbourne and I just know this year has not been easy for them, but they show up to every single call and they're progressing their goals. They're getting people in their programs. They're getting people to their classes. And it's really, really inspiring, really incredible to see. So as I said, a big part of this three months was goal setting. So the first call was all about creating their goals and putting that structure in place. I took the women throughout this call through a number of different things that were going to support them to not only articulate their goals and get that really clear, but then what did they need in place to be successful? And something I shared with them was an exercise called creating your success container. And not one woman on this call, I don't think, had the luxury of unlimited time to leisurely build their business right now or work on a on a project within their current setup and not one of the women I can think of right now could actually say that they have unlimited time to leisurely pursue their goals and build their business they have none of them could say that they had all the time in the world to do that many of them were working on their goals within their current setup some of them had children at least one some some of them multiple some were working in their business full-time or working full-time jobs and then this was a side hustle for them around that. So they had to factor in these goals and some of these projects in and around everything else that they were doing. This is where the success container is so important. And if any of you have worked with me, you'll know that I'm a super practical coach. I'm a dreamer, but I'm also a doer. And I want to make sure that what allows women to feel seen and heard is when someone says, okay, let's be realistic about this. Let's work with what you have, not daydream and then pretend that you're going to get all of this done and then be (laughs) really disappointed. No, let's be practical. How much time do you actually have to work on this goal? Number one, think about that. And from there, the next question that I ask is, so you know you've got two hours a week to work on this project. What conditions do you need to create to ensure that those two hours a week are powerful? And really that's where the idea of the success container came from is working with these constraints But then considering what conditions do I need in place? What do I need to consider? And there's four things, four parts to the success container that I believe are really important to address and what I thought I would share with you today. 
So the first thing is making boundary setting. <laughs> I talk a lot about boundaries. I teach and I coach a lot around boundaries, but it's a really, really important place to start because sometimes we get full speed into a project and then we get super overwhelmed after a while because we realize, hey, hang on, I've been letting all of these other things in and now I've got too much on my plate and so what boundaries do you need in place and I like to make this a key practice as part of my goal setting it helps with distractions maybe removing some distractions creating really intentional time like I said if you've got just two hours a week to spend on this project then you need to know what do I need to have in place here and it helps with your energy because you're far more intentional and you know that the right energy is going into that project for that period of time rather than trying to be split across multiple things. So very quickly, some examples of boundaries. I'm pretty sure I've shared this before on the podcast, but let's do a little recap just in case. There's three key ones that I love to think about. One would be a space boundary. Now, you don't need to have all of these boundaries in place. It might be that for your two hours a week, there's one of these key things. So one would be space boundary, which means do I need to have an orderly workspace? Does it help if my space is clean before I start working? Do I need to remove digital distractions? Should I put the phone in another room? Turn off my email? What do I need to help me create the space that's energetically powerful and set up right? The second thing would be an energy boundary. And this is actually thinking about your physical energy. What time of day do I work the best? consider that what do I need to eat or do I need to work out before I work on my goal and then finally maybe it's a relational boundary is there something you need from other people around you and we'll go on to this a little bit later in terms of number two but think ahead who who else needs to know about this who do you need to take care of the kids or whatever it might be for you. So that's three three very quick examples of some boundaries that you might need in place. But you're a smart enough woman. I'm sure that you can work out what those are that you need. Like I said, the second thing is about the support. What do you need from other people around you? So number two, dial in your support and your accountability. I can't tell you the amount of times that women tell me that... They're actually afraid of being accountable to their goals. And it's it's a really interesting thing because so much of when you are working for yourself is creating that, that energy for your business, is creating the drive and moving things forward even when you don't feel like it. I tell women, you need to fall in love with all parts of your business. Sometimes you'll be invoicing, sometimes you'll be reading P&Ls sometimes you will be having to do content or be on a video and some of those things you might love or loathe but when it is all down to you you need to create the energy for it and sometimes you can't solely be accountable for yourself 
even though you're in your you are your own boss and that freedom is a beautiful thing having some outside accountability is beautiful and sometimes that might be your clients and deadlines sometimes you might need a coach sometimes you might need someone else to check in with when you have a goal the first thing I would suggest that you do is share the goal and raise the stakes so put yourself out there put yourself on the line by sharing the goal make people around you aware of what you're doing and then they can help keep you accountable right so many times we keep everything to ourselves because we're afraid that if people know about it and it doesn't work then we will look bad so we we don't tell anybody because that mitigates the possibility of looking bad but in actual fact, that person could be really, really good support for you. So whoever you consider your sphere of influence to be, your circle of influence to be, make sure they know about it. Uh, if you require help in addition to your current sphere of influence, maybe they might be able to help you. Maybe they might know who could help you which is really, really cool because oftentimes we will get stuck on something and we'll have a question and that will block us from moving forward when, well, there's search engines out there, there's Google and whatever, but you can also phone a friend. So when it comes to your goals and especially even thinking about boundaries, number one, Sometimes creating a boundary means uh, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to do this. So in this project, I'm going to do this part of it, but I'm going to also outsource this design work. Or maybe I'm going to hire someone to clean my house so that I get two hours extra a week to spend on this project. Or is there someone I could delegate a, a task to? Maybe you ask your husband to cook dinner a couple of nights a week and that means that when you get home, you have a few hours before you settle in for the night to put some time into your project. In the Creator Club, I also helped these women reframe their narrative around pressure. It's really interesting because I think we have been told that pressure is a bad thing or we have been burned out or hustle is the quickest way to burn out and it gets a really bad rap for some some people some people not some people love the hustle and that's awesome but pressure can be applied in a really loving way especially if you're in a supportive group or you've got the right people around you and pressure doesn't need to be sustained it can be applied in short bursts think of it like sprints versus marathons and it can actually be a great thing to bring into your process how many times were you at uni and you had an assignment to do and you were that person that did it the night before there's probably quite a few of you that are used to pressure and you might have forgotten that now <laughs> several years later so bring it back in but bring it back in short measured doses I would also say What's really interesting on this is that you might not realize that you are actually creating unnecessary pressure 
there's a really subtle pressure and it's called the voice in your head, (laughs) the thoughts that you are thinking. So another way that you can think about pressure is shifting that emotion, that emotion or emotion to energy in motion. You've probably all heard that phrase before, emotions are energy in motion. So how can I shift that pressure that's inside my head, relieve that a little bit into usable energy into a powerful source. So that's number two, dialing in your support and creating accountability. Number three, this is a really great question. I've seen this play out quite recently with someone who's probably going to be listening to this podcast. So she'll know that I'm talking about her and it's, can you let it be easy? So what would easy look like? How can you make easy part of your success path, part of your success container? And some ways that we can think about easy is what is the most direct, efficient route that I can take from A to B? So A being I've got this product and now I need to get it out to the people and sell it. How do I make them aware of it? So I've a, created the product. B, I need to put it in front of the, the clients or the customers who need to see it. Sometimes the most efficient way is using social media. Sometimes the most efficient way is picking up the phone and we, we reluctantly do that or sending a message or going straight to the source, right? So some of your goals can happen much quicker and much easier than you think. And this comes back to what I was originally saying in the introduction about around being scrappy, around making it easy for yourself rather than making it really crazy hard and stressing over payment buttons on your website. Uh, I I laugh because I was stressing over the payment button on my website in the lead up to launching the Creator Club. So, you know, maybe there was an easier way to do that. And number four, the final thing is mindset related. This is a really great opportunity for you to do a bit of a brain dump because sometimes our fears and our beliefs about what might be possible may not crop up until we're part way through achieving this goal. They might not pop up till a few weeks down the journey and then all of a sudden this fear arises that you didn't think you had or you thought had gone away. And so if we upfront say, I know that this is scary, I want to go after this goal, what could get in the way of this? What could stop me? What do I know has stopped me in the past? Or is a fear that that even getting to me to this point of writing down this goal has been playing out? And the really cool thing about going after a goal and hopefully ticking it off the list or getting close to achieving it or whatever the the success metric is, the outcome for you, whatever that looks like, is that they can become proof for us that we are able to overcome perceived fears because we've taken conscious and consistent action. And I say conscious and consistent action because most of our fears 
and our habitual ways of thinking, our patterns, our conditioning from our childhood, blah, 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 you know, all of the psychology around this stuff, it sits in our subconscious. If you haven't noticed, like that voice in your head is actually that little subconscious mind going to work because it's it's less energy to repeat the same things over and over, to be conscious and to be present. For some of us, it, it takes some work to decide to do that. So if 90% of our thoughts and actions are coming from the subconscious, then we need to work a little bit harder to not be overrun by that. If we know that that is the main thing that's driving our day and that's where all the fears and bad habits or patterns or whatever you want to call it, that's where they sit and that's where they come from. So what that means is that we need to bring conscious awareness to these fears. We need to be straight up about them from the beginning. And also remember that given that the subconscious drives majority of our day, fear is always going to be there. And that is why at a certain point I read a book and it's also a quote that you've probably heard before called feel, feel the fear and do it anyway, because I used to be one of those people that thought that being fearless was the name of the game, that once you got to the point of not having any fear at all of being one of those crazy Red Bull suit people that jump off cliffs, you know what I mean? If, if I could become one of those people, then I could achieve all of my dreams. But reality is, is that with our little subconscious brain doing the work that it loves to do every single day, fear was always going to be there and I really had to work with it. So sometimes we will be able to use action as a way to move through fear. We've brought awareness to what those fears are. We become conscious, we become present to them. And sometimes once, as soon as we do that, we're able to then take action. Oh, okay. I am scared. That's okay. I'm still going to start. I'm still going to begin. Other times we might need to do some deeper work to actually understand where those thoughts have come from, why they might be keeping us stuck and then create reminders for ourselves that we can move through the fear, create some new patterns and some new habits. There's a couple of ways that I like to do that, but one particular process that I think is really simple, it's a two-step process and this is the final piece of the puzzle of the success container that I'm going to share with you. And that is first, like I said, acknowledge the fear, the hiding, the blind spot that might be holding you back now or might have held you back in the past or be playing on your mind right now. Sometimes that can be one line in your journal. It might be that you need to set a timer and just brain dump all of those fears, get it all out. Do it once, get it all out. What is all the things that could stop me right now from achieving this goal? And then step two, we want to, on a clean sheet of paper, create as much supporting evidence that shows that in the past we've been afraid and we've still taken action. That even though you remember doing that speech in uh, year 13, 
which is like my final year of school in New Zealand, maybe there was a speech that I had to do that year. And I was petrified, like almost weighing myself and scared that someone could see it through my dress when I got up on stage. But I still did the speech anyway. And I might have to go back 20 years in the past to remember that time. But that's proof, right? You'll have proof all throughout your life that you've been successful, that you've done things that you never thought you could do. And so with that proof, you can then say, okay, I know that I'm currently afraid of speaking in public and part of my goal is going to be doing regular IGTVs, for example. But I've got a whole list of examples here of when I've stepped outside of my comfort zone when I've spoken up when I've spoken in front of groups when I've led people and so maybe there's a new way that you can think about this maybe there's a new thought that you can start to program into your mind to drive those actions I don't know exactly what that thought might be for you but have a think about that have a think about turning that fear on its head by giving it proof that you've succeeded in the past and then choosing a new thought or way of being and the successes don't have to be directly related to the goal just so you know because you might be about to do something that's completely new for you so don't worry we just want to know everything that you've done before we want a success list so that's the two parts for understanding what these fears might be and then bringing conscious awareness to them and then taking action from that place. What I would say ongoing though is to be conscious is to be present, right? So a way to train yourself to do that more often and try and tap into that 10% that you've got there (laughs) of that conscious mind more often during your day is to incorporate a mindfulness or awareness practice. And some of these things might be journaling. Uh, I have a great practice on my website called Pages of Possibility. It's only, I think, five, four or five questions that you can ask yourself every single day. So it takes a few minutes over your morning coffee. And that's a really great way to train yourself into action and also acknowledge some of these fears or some of these things that you might be holding on to. The next things that I would say that are really great, um, any yoga, meditation or breath practice, spending time in nature, putting your feet on the earth or putting your feet on the sand, dancing, moving that energy around your body. Really think of anything that gets you out of your head and allows you to see more widely, see more open about what's possible. Okay, there you have it. That's the four parts to your success container for your goals. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. This idea of a success container comes in super, super handy anytime you're starting a new goal. But I thought, hey, we're almost in December. And if you are very ritualistic around your goals and come 1st of January, you are sitting down and dedicating some time to your goals, then Pull this episode out again when it comes to that time or if you're feeling inspired to start writing down your goals now, get a head start, get a head start on the new year and and create your success container with every single goal or or with your set of goals. What do I need to make these happen? 
As always, if you know a friend that might need a helping hand in this department, pass this episode on to them because it could really help them get started. I can't wait to see you again. Not really see you. I can't really wait to chat to you. Next week, I've got another lineup of amazing guests coming up and some really inspiring women that one of which has been on the podcast before so this is going to be a super super fun December you're going to get lots of juicy wisdom leading into the holiday period until then keep creating and I can't wait to speak soon Hang on a minute, after today's episode, you might be ready to race out and get started on those goals for 2021. However, before you do that, I really recommend you check out a great freebie that I created called Design Your Business Vision. Now, this was created to help women who are starting from scratch, who have the seed of an idea and they don't know where to go to next. Or maybe it's the woman that's making the pivot in her business and she wants to recreate her vision, create a new vision and a new direction. This is a great exercise to gain clarity on your why, learn how to double down on your zone of genius. I love that stuff. Learn practical elements of your business, like how much time you have to spend, what financial investments you need to be making and give you space to generate new ideas that align with this vision. To grab your copy, simply head to the show notes and click the link or type in rubymarsh.com into your browser and drop your details in at the top of the page. I can't wait to hear what 